0: You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe, and today we're going to talk about helping you think about your sales effort as a company, but we're going to take a different twist on that. My guest is a gentleman named Christopher Cumbie. Chris, uh, welcome to the show, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me, Doug. I I look forward to this. Um, And to your audience, thanks uh, thanks for listening in.
0: Yeah, you bet. And the twist we're going to talk about a little bit is that Uh, Christopher's done some great work in thinking about how to gamify your sales effort. So I'm going to let you describe the background story on how you kind of landed on this idea. So take it away.
1: Sure, Sure, I appreciate that. I won't go way back when, but I certainly will start off with... You know, a lot of times um, when I was younger, being an introvert, I would, you know, obviously pay attention, you know, just a little bit more detail, you know, kind of, you know, looking at people. So I'd always try to figure out a way. Um that I could make some money um you know i was I was driven you know to buy things I come from a humble family, so it always was you know I had other siblings, so you know it was sparse sparse i should guess and and um so I would just find ways to have my own you know little uh you know bag of nuts <laughs> if you want to call it yeah. um yeah. so by driven by that, I always was interested in obviously having. Uh, you know, career in, in areas where, you know, I would, uh, be able to influence that in, in some way. Um, sales being one of them. Um, but I really started out in accounting. Uh, and, and, and good thing because, you know, understanding accounting and money, uh, is, is, is a good thing. Uh, but really what drove me was, you know, how do you make it? you know, and, and, and let's, let's make the money. I want to be effective on that line, you know? And so sales for me started off really young on, um, I've always been, you know, on that front line, uh, whether it's business development, you know, I was with a big company called Pepsi Cola, uh, probably everybody can recognize that name, uh, sure. but I was on a fast track system, learned very quickly about marketing and branding, uh, learned very quickly about relationships, handling, you know, very large responsibility as a young kid, you know, in my mind, uh, looking back when I was in my sort of early kind of mid twenties, a uh, large budget, it was Coke wars, Pepsi wars. And so I learned a lot about people and, you know, I was able to, you know, do really well with, um, when, remember when they said you couldn't sell water in a bottle yeah. unless it was Evian yeah. and it was 12 bucks or 15 bucks. Right. Uh, I think it's still up there, but it's not 15 bucks anymore. And there's lots of water being sold. Well, I was one of those guys on the front line selling that back in the day and, you you know, uh, it really taught me a lot about so much, but one of the things that was really important was getting results and, you know, driven by, you know, incentives, you know, people were incentivized and they would do something. So, you know, gamification has been around for a long time in the sense of rewards and, you know, getting things. But what I, you know, discovered was that, you know, gamification, when, you know, you think about the progression, even playing a video game for that matter, you have to do things to get rewards. And there's sort of a track to that. <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me. So when I kind of correlated uh, moving into a new position in my life, um, you know, I had sales people and responsibilities now, and I had to drive that front line. So what I recognized was... If we can incentivize the activity that we wanted them to do, and that added up at the end of the day, if everybody did the activity, the result would, you know, be sort of X. But lo and behold, we did. Um, and, uh, you know, really gamification was born for me through rewards and then leveling, you know, people up and, and showing them to and I went through a really interesting uh, uh, subject on leveling up and, you know, the value that you bring uh, lowers uh, the amount of, um, let's say, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, limits, if you want. And we'll talk about that at some point. So anyway, and I apologize for my cough here. I don't know why I'm having one. But um, the uh, so, so you know, gamification for me came, you know, uh, very much by ignorance and <laughs> But what I realized and, and what I studied and what I implemented in my own life was that, hey, maybe I can, you know, use these same philosophies and 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 things that I'm learning in my own life, you know, and, and my own career. And, you know, through that, um, uh, let's say, challenge, if you want, to try and figure it out, I discovered a lot of, you know, frameworks and principles. And, you know, a lot of them were things that, you know, now I can reverse engineer and I just get to work on, you know, the principles and, you know, a result will will, will prevail um, depending on, you know, a, a few circumstances and things, you know, it may change a little bit, but there will be a good result if I do these things consistently with focus and, you know, with effort and, you know, with intention. So I started learning how to, you know, reward that. So, um, and, and I think when we were talking uh, earlier, one of the uh, most amazing things was that we could bring everybody up on the sales team based on, uh, based on, Um, again, the ability to bring the bottom up, the top was always going to do well. And we had like a huge amount of success and people were coming on the trip. So gamification for me was that sort of ignorant born thing that now I believe, um, you know, I've kind of tapped into a little secret sauce and now I help others.
0: Yeah. Well, give us some examples of how this gamification is applied. Let's say the you know, I'm a small business owner and I've got maybe three sales guys working for me and, you know, maybe I've got them carved out regionally or, you know, geographically or something like that. But what what's a kind of an entry level game that I can implement for these guys?
1: <clears throat> um, you know, first of all. To, to do that effectively, you have to know what motivates each person. So, you know, having an understanding of uh, getting people's – and, you know, I think in the basis of, of salespeople, getting their money right. Getting that money right is such an important aspect that I believe that if you start there, then – um, it's just a matter of understanding what motivates them and then you know from there uh what is that game going to consist and it, it could be different for different people and that's the beauty is I have come up with ways where um, some people wanted certain things so it was a point system really and at that point would be able to you know purchase if you want if you keep it real simple so I would find out what collectively as a team motivates them and some things were physical things and some things were cash and some other things were just pats on the back, Uh, you know, surprising enough. And, you know, it all um, went into a point system and we really, uh, if you want to, you know, your team to do anything, pay for the activity you want them to do. It's really simple for me, pay for the activity you want them to do guide them and show them ways that they can collect things along the way just like you if you're playing Mario brothers and you can collect coins along the way they're all worth something at the end of the journey
0: <clears throat> i know a number of the small business owners that i've uh, worked with in the past a lot of times what they'll implement they'll they'll recruit a salesperson and it's a 100% commission arrangement there is no base so in there you um you know you you would expect that just the nature of that alone would be incentive but what they've often lamented is they're they're still getting you know no results out of that person so and and maybe we're ultimately talking about someone who's an outlier on the curve of uh you know possibilities but um any any thoughts on how to overcome yeah. that
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, that's the ideal dream, right? Have someone work for you based on, uh, you know, pure motivation and the incentive, and the nut is big enough for them to get up every morning and go do the work that you want them to do. Wouldn't that be a dream? Uh, Obviously, some people have that environment, you know, in commissions and what makes it tick. I've been in there. I've been in a situation where they said, there is no check. You've got to go write your own. Yeah. So, first of all, knowing that, that has to be a mindset thing completely. That's driven by pure you know, possibility and belief in oneself. And there are fundamentals to and common things that I believe successful people carry. The number one trait is they believe in themselves. So, and, and maybe at this point, you know, for someone saying, well, I make $150,000. And if I said, well, is that enough? And they say, no, then can you make more at your, you know, where you work? No. So what are you going to do about that? So there has to be a, 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 you know, and you can have a side hustle. I believe in those. Why not? You know, uh, if you're in those situations, but if you are a person who, you know, would rather take the route and I was, I was already on a salary. I already did 400 million in sales. I didn't get paid anymore. So I took that leap of faith, knowing that I had skill, that I can go do this and skill can be taught. So everything that I'm talking about, by the way, can be acquired. You know, it's, 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 it's easy um, really um, now. I'm sorry. It's a simple, it's not always easy for people. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the better way to put it. Right. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is the access to, to information is there. So the mindset is number one for that. So if you have commissioned salespeople, you better be feeding them really good information. Number one, Yeah. yeah. train them on their mind because delayed gratification is a real thing. And you, you know, we talked about it. It's just consistently focused energy, like just activity. I'm always a big believer activity being connected to your direction. You being the MVP of your game, what do you need to do for activity that's connected to your direction? Being is, is really taking care of yourself. Number one, your mind, number two, your body, you know, probably equally to that. And, you know, I look at that as being sort of the basis. So those are the types of people you need to find. And listen, not everybody's going to fit that, you know, or, or that cloth that you can't take someone who doesn't fit. And, and sometimes you can mold them into that, but that takes training and belief in themselves. And it really needs to start there. That's a trait that, um, you know, you have to have coachable people, you know, they want yeah. more, they can push the, themselves more. Right. I, so I, there's I, a trait I, to those people.
0: I think in the realm of small business, if I had to summarize it, um, and and I invite anybody who's listening who disagrees with me to jump on it, and you may disagree with what I'm getting ready to say, but I I think there's a natural sort of chasm between the idea of of hiring a sales guy for your company. There's a there's just a I I don't know if it's historic or or perception or whatever. But but in in my view and in, in most of the companies I've been associated with the sales guys, even though they need to be the rainmakers to make the company, you know, topside sure. revenue, um, there's this sort of natural disconnect. They're not trusted and everything. And and I I know myself and my own business back in the day and others that I've worked with. If you hire a sales guy and put him on a base, you better make the base no richer than a bare minimum.
1: <laughs> enough to pay the rent.
0: and Barely enough to pay the rent. <laughs> because if you go over that, you're sure. going to find them, you know, they're showing up, they're making some calls. But it, you can tell their heart's not really in it. And
1: Absolutely. Disengagement is the biggest issue that, you know, American companies face. I say American companies. Uh, Because primarily, uh, they're the culprits uh, of disengagement, you know, because of our culture. And, you know, uh, there are other areas, don't get me wrong, uh, that have equally uh, biggest challenge. Uh, First world, you know, probably nations for sure uh, have the similar numbers. But 67% of Americans are disengaged at work.
0: That's costing
1: $6 billion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, and and my, my solution to that, Doug, was play a game. You can't play a game disengaged, right? And why do we yeah. like to play games? Why do you like to play games, Doug?
0: Oh, there's just, there, there's all kinds of ideas, you know. You, I think of things like, can I beat my personal best? You know, can I but
1: to win? Right? Can I, yeah.
0: Yeah. Can I climb the leaderboard and the ladder? Yeah. Challenging. Established. Um, yeah. You know, what does it mean to others, and what does it mean to me? I mean, all those things come to mind. Fun. Yeah,
1: right. Fine. I, so, so if you can create an environment and culture, that's fun to get up to play a game that, you know, if we all play the activity, and, and we play by the rules, then all we need to do is just show up. And that's really what most things, uh, you know, people show up, but they don't show up with this, yeah. you know, they don't show up with a positive attitude. I'm always a big believer, you know, people want to set goals, they set goals, and then they don't have a good attitude towards them. <laughs> Yeah. You know, right. it's like, it's not going to work. That's not how it works. Um, so, you know, going back and you, you asked a question around commissions and, you know, what can you do about it? Well, first of all, get the right person who understands delayed gratification, understands also that you're not going to limit them. And you're yeah. also going to support them with the materials that's going to, you know, I always say, don't, don't send your sales reps into a gunfight with a butter knife. Yeah. Make sure yeah. they're well-equipped. Right. make sure they have tons of support if you're gonna take on a commission route then you better have a very very good system of mental personal you know development uh, material number okay. one if right. you do that will give you half the battle now if you add training in there and, and some good support and you know a few other things like marketing and you know things like that um then you'll do really well but I'll tell you the the, the really crux I can go out in you know now in my career um, with a plain piece of paper, no marketing, and I've learned the skill of listening and going through, um, you know, conversation and finding information that I can come back and be the first one to tell people if it's a good fit or not. I've learned that I want to work with certain people, and you know, a lot of times with salespeople, they'll just work with anybody, especially at the beginning. It's like I'll take it, I'll, i I'll do that. You know, and you just start making, you know, sort of arrangements that just no longer fit, you know, really that rhythm, right? So... Anyway, there are a lot of things we can talk about and go down that rabbit hole on mindset and rhythm and, you know, just being at a, you know, the right place at the right time. But that, you know, requires, uh, you know, a few, few little uh, tweaks. And that's what I help companies with is, is really getting in there. Uh, I always say I'm like a, a sales mechanic, you know. Uh, you, you bring your car into a mechanic to have a look at. And, you know, when you get there, you say, hey, something's up with it. I don't know what.
0: Yeah. And oh, you expect
1: yeah. them to give you an answer. You know, they won't. The the first thing they'll say is, hey, let's put it on a lift. I'll look under the hood, you know, look under the car. I'll, you know, look around and then I can tell you what's up. Same thing with me.
0: I think one of the conundrums for most small businesses is their sales process is not real sophisticated. So they, they may immediately pull the trigger on hiring a salesperson. And then immediately you realize the process is pretty lame and pretty pretty busted. So that becomes a, a, a disincentive for the salesperson. It's like, well, you're going to make the sale break down because you, you you don't get it over the goal line. You know, once I, once I land it. I can't get it in the boat because you guys have all these other things going on. And, and, you know, Absolutely. so you start that classic conflict between sales and operations. And if you don't have uh, a system what? and a process in place to sort of seamlessly bring that together, uh, that's an that's unmotivating factor for the, the sales guy. <laughs>
1: Wow. You can get clogged very easily. Uh, if, it, you know, one of the biggest fears for a, you know, a producer, uh, a sales producer is, um, you know, back office support. So I'm a big believer that all companies really only have two departments, sales, sales support. That's it. Yeah. So we all have to make sure that, that process, as you just mentioned is well-defined, but here's the problem, you know, Doug, that most people haven't sat down and gone through their customer journey. They just start a business. They just start a thing and they just go kind of haphazardly into the woods and try to figure the way through it. And, you know, without really understanding that, you know, all that time they're in the woods, the path is just right there. You know, that's kind of how entrepreneurs, you know, tackle things. But you, you made a very good point is that. You know, if you sit down and think through your sales process, and even if you're not a salesperson, it's very much easy to just follow like point A to point B to point C to, you know, kind of walk through who in my back sales office support helps with A person who comes through the door through conversation with a salesperson and, you know, what does that look like and translate, you know, the biggest thing and the reasons why most people, you know, fail, uh, let's say to close a business is the customer's confused. Mm -hmm. You'll never close a confused mind. Right. So it's really important that you really nail your sales process because you can, you know, kind of start at the beginning, end a conversation, and they'll probably remember both the beginning or the end or just one. But if you can walk them at that point, kind of reverse engineer it a bit, if you want, and I love using that is because if I know, you know, as, you know, kind of on the other side and, and being a customer, if I know, you know, what the end result is clearly, and I can see it the matter of someone walking me through how I get it is really just kind of that takes all the the fear and anxieties and doubts. And, you know, am I really getting that? Or am I, you know, like, is it something else? Is it smoke and mirrors? You know, am I now judging this person in front of me? Are they telling me the right information? And you could cut through a lot of that noise very easily with, you know, just helping a person understand how they access it, you know, from point A to point C and, you know, everything in between. Um, And it kind of takes all that guessing out and that's really what people are hung up on. You know, it's not price, it's not all those things because price is made up, let's face it. You know, it's really their lack of believing that there's value, and value is delivered right from I love to put it this way. You know, a lot of people talk about giving value to customers. I give a crap load of value to my prospects. That's more important. Customers will naturally get it, but they'll naturally Get it only because I give a lot of it to my prospects. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and and you know I think a lot of um, sales training that I've been exposed to, you know, there there's that premise of what's in it for me. If if you as the sales guy can explain that to your prospect, you know, they're the okay. ones asking the question, "What's in it for me?"
1: Joe Polish uh, just wrote a book called "What's in It for Them." Yeah, very good yeah. book, and you know, a ton of sense. And you know, just pick it up. I I think it's great. There's a good one for you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um,
0: I had a thought a moment. Oh, you you mentioned in your what you were saying a moment ago, the uh, that creating that clarity in the customer journey, and and I you said it. Uh, similarly, and I, I've used it a lot with my people that I'm coaching in their leadership effort. A confused mind says no, mm-hmm. and if you can't create clarity in your message and and get that good understanding across the table and help somebody really see the the way clear, they're going to be inclined to say no a hundred percent of the time.
1: Yep, and that's what the rat. You know, sort of wheel, you know, or the mouse wheel looks like, or the gerbil wheel, or whatever you want to call it. Hamster wheel. Hamster Hamster wheel. wheel, Yeah. You know, it's it's the same thing. It's it's you know, just trying to you know, and and then and and that that's what's happening in in America right now with salespeople on the front lines. It's just showing up to do the same thing, you know, and 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 instead of showing up to do activity that's aligned you know, for them at the end of the day, it means something. It means I'm going to get some new points.
0: The question was, you know, how can I really differentiate, you know, just not look like the next guy? And if you're in a business where there are a number of competitors available in the marketplace, you know, how how do you work with a prospect and, and truly get that message across that this is the right one to pick?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen, a, a lot of people, um, you know, meet with a lot of different companies in a competitive market to, to figure out, it. you know, the value price and it sometimes comes down to price. So, you, you know, you, how do you stand out in, in that environment? Um, well, I've always been a big believer that, um, don't get hung up on one client for one, uh, there's lots more where it comes from. And, you know, one of the things that I've always believed in is obviously relationships and, you know, building the, uh, um, uh, the, the, the sales team's ability to have like a mo like an emotional quotient, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, that's more important to me than IQ, you know, EQ is way more important. So, you know, one of the things, um, you know, when you know you're in a competitive market is is making sure that the people representing the company, you know, align with, um, you know, really the transfer of information, uh, the enthusiasm that you would have as a business owner about your company and why you're, you know, in business in the first place, providing a good valuable product, a good valuable service. You know, we talked about prices made up, budgets can be blown up as well. You know, if someone has, you know, complete belief in themselves. And that's why I'm a true believer that your salespeople need to believe in themselves. You need to believe in yourself. You know, when you have that as a baseline and, you know, really that's developed, you know, personal development, by the way, is always overlooked in companies. It's just, it's common they don't have any books on the shelf. They don't have any resources for people to help, you know, we could talk about mental health today and yeah, maybe you have it on your benefits program and you can go to see a, you know, psychologist and things like that. But I'm not talking about, you know, let's say real problems that, you know, people have to get through, you know, mentally. I'm talking about just pure information that can help them be a better person, you know, better what they do, help them understand, you know, maybe, you know, different perspective on things and, you know, really learn their craft. I'm a firm believer that you got to sharpen the Late every single day, the people that do—they read, they grab a little thing, a nuance here or there, something that really helps them with, you know, having a conversation, uh, listening to other people in your organization. That's a great one that are really good with dealing with people, learning how they deal with people. Why are they so good at bringing in deals? Because I'm selling the same thing. Why is you know Joe over there doing way better, and you know Sally over there who's amazing at what she does? I'm selling the same thing, and I'm not getting what I, you know, what what they're doing. You know, and and that is a real thing. It happens every day in business. So you can imagine what happens with the person who maybe doesn't get all the limelight or you know necessarily the kudos. Yeah, you buried them in 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 self doubt.
0: I think you're right And that whole question of uh, personal development is is really not that hard a challenge to think about. And I'm, I'm as you were saying that I was reminded of a situation I had a client. A while back, he was a national sales director of a good size, uh, I'll call him Fortune 1000 company. And uh, he was he was sharing with me a concern that he had some new guys on his team and he knew they needed some development and he kind of felt like he didn't know where to start. He had personally taken him under wing and kind of mentored and tried to get him, uh, you know, on the first level but still felt a little frustrated. And I asked him, I said, well, for starters, do you ever have team meetings where all the sales crew comes together and shares best practices? You know, tell stories. You know, I just landed this deal. Here's what I had to do, da-da-da. Here's the steps I went through. Here's the cadence of the calls. Here's the follow-up we did. Here's the answers I provided, blah, blah, blah. And he said, God, we've never done that. And I said, <laughs> oh, goodness, well, uh, why don't you start there and see how that goes? And he, uh, about a month later, he came back and he said, oh, my God, we had our first. He said, he said, the weird thing is, he said, we've had sales team meetings off forever, you know, but sure. we're we're focused more on the gaps with handing deals over to that sales support, as you call them. Um, and and more the tactical, and, sure. and not really about the sales process itself.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He
0: said, but we flipped the script and we started talking about that. Now all of a sudden, everybody is is performing at a better level.
1: Yeah, everybody's clear. You know, uh, the, the human condition is you know when you don't have clarity, it you know causes confusion, and you know self doubt can you know easily creep in, and you know you can imagine if everybody's in that situation. Now, there are going to be a few. Joe and Sally, they're going to continue to do their thing. They figured out a rhythm. You know, they know what they do. But to your point, they haven't shown anybody else because no one asked them.
0: Right, right.
1: So, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, role-playing is a is a missed fortune inside of companies, um, because they, you know, truly expect that you should know this information by reading it. And that's not just how people learn, um, you know, or, you know, sitting in front of a computer or watching videos. That's, that's not, you know, necessarily the best way. Uh, what I found is a combination of things for sure. And, you know, it really comes down to understanding the person that you're, you know, having on the team in the first place, what motivates them, you know, just find that my magic formula and you'd be surprised, um, by equaling the playing field a little bit and doing Doing something uh, in in a way that people uh, can participate and you're not excluding them uh, immediately because they, they already defeated themselves when they see that they, you know, have to do so much and, you know, to get a prize. Instead of showing them, you know, that, hey, this is how you participate. And by the way, these small moves that you're really good at and consistent with will get you a prize. Yeah. By the way, we're even going to show you even a few other things that can get you the bigger prizes because it's all about consistency, you know, and uh, obviously, and, and, and just repetitions, the mother of skill, you know, and, and believing in yourself. And, you know, quite frankly, confidence is built by keeping the small promises to yourself. So that's when personal development comes in is because you want a strong-minded person who understands that, you know, no one's coming to save them, but collectively as a team, we can all pull together together and we can all move in this direction, we can all win. You may not win the grand prize, but you're going to win, you know, because we're all winning. And that's what I believe. You know, I believe that, you know, uh, um, um, rising tides, you know. uh, Floats all boats. Yeah, floats all boats. But inclusion and, you know, having people in there. Listen, and and there are competitive organizations that have their own sort of cultures. I understand that. But you can really define... um, Uh, and you can get, put it this way, um, I could probably find 10% in everybody's company by just working on personal development. Yeah. I'll make a statement.
0: No, I I believe it. Yeah. I believe it because, you know, everybody's got an ability to kick into a a second level of of what they do, and um, you know, in one of my books, I talk about that. And is the um, the idea of everybody shows up with two gears? They they have the mode they'll go into to accomplish the baseline required performance on the job. You know, mm-hmm. it, keep the job if you do X and. But then everybody also has a second gear that's um, popularly called discretionary effort. And it's Mm -hmm. when you hear somebody talking about you give that extra, you know, 10 percent or 20 percent, you know, um, that's that discretionary effort. And if you can motivate, inspire and incentivize people to perform in that second gear all the time. Yeah, that's when you get that extra bounce and that extra gain, because it's there. You just got to if you're a leader, you just got to tap into it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, one percent effort every single day compounds. So, you know, it doesn't take much to move the needle. It just makes people, um, you know, you just need to have people step in it outside of that comfort zone uh, and and getting a little uncomfortable sometimes to grow. And, you know, really, uh, I always say the comfort zone is so dangerous. Just nothing grows there.
0: You know? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I did an interview yesterday with a lady that is into uh, neurosciences, you know, the, the mm-hmm. science of the mm-hmm. brain, and we got into a discussion about the fact that studies have shown us when we're operating in what we feel like is our comfort zone, what it really means is your brain is going backwards. Your yeah. your brain is not being challenged to grow and accumulate new information, and that's what it's designed for. And I it, want it, to
1: share a a little quote on that a, a yeah. little bit, and it was from uh, Coach G two little throw out uh, for coach G 2 He always listens to the shows I'm on. So, uh, that's his little, uh, his name, um, Gary white. Uh, but he said something interesting to me and it was like the level where we were, uh, let me just get it right. The level where we decide to stay is the limit we decide to obey. So, you know, we all have another gear to your point. We all have another way. Um, it just has to be defined in terms of what me- it's in it for us as well. You know, what's in it for me, um, if you find that you know magic formula between employer and, and employee uh, you, you keep them re- you real close and uh, and you work with those people um, and I'm a firm believer that um, you know even small businesses if they don't have coaches uh, are missing out on a huge fortune. Uh, because it doesn't mean um, having a coach that you have to spend an enormous amount of money. Um, coaches can come in different fashions, but, you know, even having one is really important because it shows that you're uh, investing in your employees um, and that you believe in them and that the person coming in is more just like any administration that has a you know, professional uh, you know, team out there has coaches. They have general managers, they have presidents, they have CEOs of companies. It's the same sort of thing. You know, any professional organization has a coach and, you know, true believer, you can cut a coach into monthly, um, quarterly, annually, weekly, daily. It just depends what your budget is, but you all can afford a good coach. There are many really great coaches that fit, you know, your business. And, you know, that's just a matter of just, you know, interviewing a few that you like, running with one and it'll change your business completely because that's the kind of thing that, you know, a lot of people, if you think about it, they bring in lots of different um, uh, information to the company. They do different trainings with the company, but often overlook is just having someone who can come in, you know, have some coaching principles, have some frameworks that meet the company's, you know, sort of culture and requirements and things they are going after. And it's amazing what you can extract out of people. You know, if you come in and have a good talk, like, you know, just even on a Zoom, you can have 100 employees all on a Zoom. Just having an ability to listen to things that can help them discern themselves, help the, you know, find true ways that they can tap into their own development uh, uh, wants and needs and desires. And, you know, just encouraging them to do that as well is really important. Having a library where they can tap into. I like doing this to get started because you ask me, you know, how do you get things uh, going with, with commissioned salespeople coming in, you know? Uh, find a, a really good resource. I love Ed Milet, just because he interviews a lot of really cool people uh, that have real life challenges, and he's not afraid to get to the, the dirt, um, you know, and, and really put it out there and find solutions that, you know, people that are faced with the similar ones can really get insight. So I always say, hey, find a really good podcast. If you're a a sales leader or a leader of any company for that matter, a CEO listening to your show right now, find something, a resource where if you want to amp up your team, it could be as simple as not even getting a coach. It could be that you're going to coach and you're going to lead, but find something that you can help everybody rally behind. So here's an idea for you. Find your best uh, motivational sort of podcast or something out there, book, a, a YouTube video, a course whatever it may be, but find something you can get all your team to at least participate with you and then talk about it Yeah, and let everybody give a little bit of what they learned, you know, round table. And you'd be surprised at how many of your team start to embrace an ideology that we can all do better. It's just amazing what happens when you actually communicate and you have forums that you allow, you know, people to grow and personally grow at that. And, you know, that's some ideas that I've implemented, you know, working with a lot of leadership, a lot of people, and it doesn't have to be arduous to make change. It doesn't have to be huge investments to make change. It just makes the commitment and the want and desire to make change. And that's it. You'll find a way or you'll find an excuse
0: and and part of the way that happens is is really at the core of what all major coaching programs and trainings are about so those of us that call ourselves coaches and and we go to the training for instance the international coaching federation at the core Mm -hmm. of their methodology is the notion of just asking questions not really telling not advising but sitting down with your client or your client's team and asking questions they've not yet asked themselves.
1: I love questions. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, sometimes the question, and I think Elon might've said this Elon Musk, um, you know, the question is sometimes harder to come up with than the answer.
0: Mhm oh totally and And to your point earlier i I think managers and executives in in business of all levels they get in a comfort zone of how they're how things are running and and they think that's success, but inevitably, there are some other questions that can be asked, and what you really find out is your team has some serious roadblocks they've got some serious struggles. And you haven't asked the right questions.
1: Absolutely. Can I can I help uh, uh, maybe with five? What I, I I don't want to call them general questions because they're certainly not general. Um, they can be very specific, um, but I think the questions themselves can basically be used in any kind of situation if that makes sense. Um, whether it's personal. Or whether it's um, what I believe uh, as an organization or more, you know, people, more than two or more than one, you know, two or more. Um, So if you don't mind, I I can share those questions. And I usually do this anyway, but somewhere along the line uh, in in shows it comes out. Um, I think what's really important for, you know, anybody to ask is what do I want?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you know, often we get up in the morning and we start, you know, reliving, you know, yesterday's problems. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of maybe starting off, like, what do I want today? Right. Um, So what do I want is a really great question. And you could use that as, as I said, as an individual question for yourself or as a collective group, what do we want?
0: Well, Well, and let me, let me add to that. Uh, I think that's a, a great question because, Often, when I get asked to come in with a with a business owner and and start working, what they're talking about is the sense of they're they're stuck, they're overwhelmed with the details, they're um, they got a long list of of reasons the company's not quite performing where they want it to. And I, I do, I, I start with them, you know, well, whoa, 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 let's stop for a minute and ask yourself the question, why'd you even start this company? What was your, what was your dream when you created this? What was the end game you were shooting for? And have you lost sight of that?
1: Most people lose sight of uh, why they started it in the first place. For That's sure. right. For sure. Um second yeah. question, if I may, um, yeah. is that, uh, why do I want it?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's um, you know, why well you well, you could do a lot of different things in life. Why do you want to do that?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the third question, you know, where we start to get into the human condition and really what you have to work with as a human being is your emotion. We're unfortunately unfortunate to have emotions. There's a fine line. Correct. And frequent they're all and they all have a frequency. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, when I was on the radio show, I used to, to I, I used to play with people because I used to coach people on radio every Saturday morning. Um, you know, just as a collective coach, sitting down, just as I said to you as uh, you know, a leader in any, you know, community or or company, you know, you should have a soapbox. You should articulate who you. Are and what you want, and you know, help people rally the ones that will believe in you and they believe in them themselves. So, I believe in that. But, you know, I, I always said, you know, if you tune in to 103.4, you won't hear me because <laughs> it was 103.5. Oh, so, God. you know, we all have a frequency, we all have a tone. So, the emotion is something that you can, you know, check in real quick. It says, well, what, how do I know I'm h- a fr- high frequency, or how do I know I'm, you know, low frequency? Well, how do you feel? That's right. the quickest indicator on that moment in that time. Yeah, to how to deal with things. So emotions are really important. So right. the big, the big question is um, the third one: um, is is what feeling will I have when I get what I want?
0: Right, right.
1: This is where the rabbit hole goes, and yeah. you know, for everybody. And and I love these questions, by the way, because I ask them frequently, uh, because I've just been you know, this, I I always like to kind of sharpen up and, you know, get better. And, and uh, I think it's important for people to have that, uh, you know, want in their lives. I really do. Who doesn't, why wouldn't you want to get better?
0: I've heard a version of that, that uh, uh, another coach was telling me about this. He said he likes to use the methodology. He'll say to somebody, Hey, Chris, let's, let's fast forward. Let's say I bump into you at an airport five years from now and I say to you, wow, you look great, you look you know, healthy, fit, strong, excited, motivated, uh, you're at the airport, where are you going, what's, what's going on? What would you tell me that? why that, I is, love that. is that way?
1: I love that. That's what's happened project. in your life
0: in the last right. five years that gets you there? It's
1: great projection, great projection, yeah. and often when I'm coaching people, I'll have them write me a letter one year from now, like they can't get a hold of me. There's no internet. There's no, like I'm with the monks in Tibet, you know, and they got to send me a letter. So tell me, you know, what happened as if it already happened, you know, with excitement, enthusiasm, detail, all of that. So it's really important to tap into that, but feelings are a really good thing. So what, what will I feel like when I have it? Right. Why do you want that feeling? Why do I want that feeling? Right. Why? Right. And, and here's the one that, you know, might trip up a lot of people, but you know, once you get it and you keep doing this, you'll get really good at it is what why is that feeling missing now yeah. now you can see why that that's a rabbit hole right um you know good questions lead to good answers i think those questions can help a lot of people whether it's i or we um i believe that you know uh, again Um, The more we know about ourselves, uh, the better, uh, you know, chance we're going to have to succeed in in the things we endeavor on. Uh, Because once you know yourself, you can trust yourself. Once you trust yourself, you can do anything. And that is the real truth. And I got, you know, shivers saying that today is because I truly believe that we all have a rhythm. You know, and and I had this great chat, you know, with Coach G two as well. You know, that rhythm is something you know, um, that is available at all times, we choose. And 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 like I said, and I'll say that again, and I'll recap my questions just for everybody as well, because there was a little bit of dialogue in between. But I'll just repeat, you know, the level where we decide to stay is the limit that I decide to obey. And, you know, that's that's the thing that can stick with you is that if you're at a place in life right now, it's because you're obeying to it. There's always more there's always a way to you know, hit true potential, um, and nothing should be based on you know, the, 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 the failures or the things that happened in life. It only should be reflected on the learnings that you can bring forward that you can help you get where you need to go um, and answer questions. You know, what do I want? Why do I want it? What feeling will I have when I get it? Why do I want that feeling? Why is that feeling missing now? I found those questions to be guiding lights. I hope that it you know can help people you know today listening in, you know, Doug, that um, are trying to you know get to a new place, trying to push themselves forward, getting insights, listening to podcasts like your great podcast, you know, listening to interviews that you're having with people that can really bring you know value. But um you know Jeff Hoffman, who who's been a mentor to me for a long time, he says ideas are welcomed always execution is worshiped, you know, that sticks with (laughs) me, uh, because nothing will happen if you're not doing something about it. You know, you have to take the action. Uh, sometimes, you know, listen, um, I have fears doing things that I don't know. Um, you know, I still have fears, things uh, of things I do know, but courage is really something that people can tap into because it's having the fear and doing it anyway.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
1: Like we all have fear. Yeah. But some of us just do it anyway. And well, and
0: I, I think that's the hallmark of a, a successful entrepreneur. You're you're gonna have your fears and doubts about what you're doing, but you figure out the way to overcome that. And, yeah,
1: the over the overcome, pray, if I may share. Yeah. Just make sure your desire is larger than the fear.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't yeah. have an oh. answer for that.
1: Pray. <laughs> pray, <laughs> pray 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 more than you uh, you know. Uh, uh, you, you have the self doubt. That's yeah. all. Right. That's all. Right. You'll have them. You'll have self doubts. You'll have problems. You'll have issues. You have challenge. You know, once uh, someone said, adversity is abundant.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's
1: always going to be there. Right. Try to be and, and become someone who can solve problems and you can communicate effectively. And if I think you have those two skills, you'll do anything that you want. Uh, and, and importantly, uh, the problem solving side. It's just say that you're a problem solver. Like, right. I am a problem solver, Doug. You're a right. problem solver. I know you are.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure.
1: Just, you, you know, sure. become a good problem <laughs> solver and you'd be surprised. Well,
0: that's a great word, Christopher. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. We're um, we've packed a lot in this show, and I oh, yeah. hope for everybody's benefit. They've, they've really enjoyed listening in. I know I have. So thank you so <laughs> much. Too. Hey, tell everybody real quick the best way to get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, knowing more.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm active on all social media, but, you know, really, if you Google me, ChristopherCumbie.com, you'll find all the things that I've done. And, you know, my website's probably going to show up first. It's ChristopherCumbie.com. Uh, I've got some cool things going on this year. And, you know, social media, probably Instagram will be, you know, place I share a lot. Uh, Facebook, because I do a lot of groups and coaching. Of course, there's a lot of people in there as well. Uh, but, yeah, probably between those, Twitter, you know, all the social medias. LinkedIn, of course, you want to find me. LinkedIn. Is, uh, yeah Christopher Cumbie as well.
0: So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you for sitting in, and uh, really appreciate all your wisdom and experience. So,
1: I always appreciate you, Doug, and thank you for having me. I mean, you have an amazing show. <clears throat> I have this awesome, you know, feeling and energy with you. You're easy to uh, to have a great conversation with. So that's why your show is successful. Um, and everybody listening in, you know, I really appreciate you, um, you know, coming in and spending a little time with us. And you know, hopefully, we provided some things that can help you uh, you know, level up this year. Uh, that's, you know, my, my words level up for, for 2023, um, level up, let's go. Uh, you have it, you can get it, um, no matter what's around you, just don't compare yourself, just do your thing. Uh, you know, be you, there's a rhythm for you and it's going to show up if you, if you get rid of some noise and pressures.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, again, thanks. And I do want to remind everybody that if you're listening to this show on your favorite streaming service, we do have a video version over on YouTube channel by the same name. Uh, hop over there, check the library, look at the past episodes, and uh, subscribe, leave us a comment, let us know how you're doing and what you're doing. I do appreciate everybody listening in. We're here to try to help you understand Principles of leadership that can be explained with some good common sense answers. So for now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and hope you have a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he
1: provides, visit DougThorpe.com.